Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. It is um, definitely an honor to be here to share this word with you that has really just been boiling in me for the past few months. And just hearing the story just reminds me of why multiplication is so important. Because I, I just remember being so broken. And I just, I remember being so lost. And I just wanted, I would just crave to know what was wrong, what was missing. And I had nobody to tell me. All I needed was one person to come in my life and say, it's Jesus that you're missing. And there's so many people that just need to hear Jesus. And they'll come to realize the power that comes with knowing who Jesus is. And there's so many more stories that are going to come out of, of, of me and you because we say yes to Jesus. And this year is all about multiplication. And for me, this has completely, and I'm sure for many of you that have been here for the past few months, this has completely changed your way of thinking of things that you can't even like go to a store without like feeling a nudge. Even if you don't say anything to the person, it's in there and you and you want to to start having conversations and, and that that fire is being built. And I pray that this word will ignite you like it did me. This year's slogan, and we can say this all together, everybody. It starts with multiply. Don't show it. I want to see if everybody can figure. Here we go. Multiply through the words of Jesus. That's the slogan of this year. And the scripture that that comes from is Acts 6-7, which says, Then the word of God spread, and the numbers of disciples multiplied greatly. And so to begin with this, I just want you to, to take a trip with me. I'm taking that trip right now from just the words that Hunter said. But take a trip down with me to when you first got saved. Like, if you need to close your eyes and imagine, just remember the first time that somebody told you about Jesus and what it did to you. Some people were stubborn and it took some time. Some people were fast. It, it was a, a just Jesus and you just wanted to know more and you studied and you figured it out. But I want you to just remember that moment. Just take a second to really soak in that moment. And when it happened, it's like we were that we felt like we were the apple of the father's eye in that moment. Like it's like he was looking directly at us saying, you are my son. You are my daughter. And it did something to you. Right. Like it didn't just it happened and then you just like take it and you just like, OK, I'm saved. No. It changed your heart. It changed the way you started to think about things. Your whole universe was altered. Like everywhere you went, it was like something new. 
I remember when I got saved and I started thinking about, I wonder if that person's saved. I wonder if that person's saved. I wonder, I wonder if they know what I know. It'll be cool if they got to know what I know. You know that excited, giddy, you know, thing that you do when you first are introduced. As a kid, just think about children. And that's how we were when we first came to Jesus. We were like children. We were excited. I want, I want to know how I can talk to this person about Jesus. I want to know how I can bring them to my church and get to experience the same things that I've experienced. I want to, I want to serve at church. The people at this church are so excited. I want that smile. Because when I first came to Encounter Church, I didn't have a, I, I, I wanted to smile. I really wanted it. And the people that moved to, from New Mexico, they remember I would dress up to church. I mean, I would have nice sweaters and ties and, you know, and hair. Yes, thank you, RJ. I did have hair back then. <laughs> and I just remember just wanting it so bad when I would see the team that moved from New Mexico and come to find out they're younger than me, who's already, I was only 25. Am I, am I like 23, 24, 23? I was young and just come to find out these girls and guys were on fire for Jesus and just smile. You know, I was so, I wanted that. And there's other people out there that want that same thing. They want to experience that. They, they're tired of wearing that fake smile. Some people are so tired they don't even show it anymore. They walk around with a frown. They're, they're down and, and out. Going back to remembering when we first got saved, when we, when we start walking with Jesus, we start serving God, we start meeting guys or, if you're a girl, girls and, that are radical for Jesus, and we start following them, and we start wanting to know more about them, and we start getting into co connections with them, discipleship with them. We start running after Jesus with everything we have. And as we get closer and closer to Jesus, every Christian makes it to this point, a place where you hit a wall, a place where you hit a wall in your walk with God. You, you felt like you, you, the beginning was like, God, I was on fire. And like, now everything just feels like a task. It's like, I have to, I have to go to church and then I have to serve. And, and I, you know, I, I, I don't feel like my gifts are being seen, God. And I, I just don't know. It's like, you know, they were excited when I first came to church. And now it's like, I have to work. And it doesn't feel like, you know, the same, you know. And I, and I remember going through that. Y'all, I'm telling you, in the old, the first building we moved into, one day, I don't know how they did this. It had to be an accident. But I come into the church, and everybody's in a line. It was the creepiest thing, because I, I just didn't know what was happening. And I step into the church, and I'm like the first, like, new face at this point. And then I realized that this is, I'm going to have to hug every person. It's going to be awkward if I just walk right through, you know, like just, hey, y'all. Like, and I'm just like, hi, good morning to you, and good morning to you, you know. I don't know how I got there. I forgot. Just reminding me of that. But, oh, I don't know how I got there. Because I'm thinking about just when I, I was noticed, I was seen, it was obvious to my eye that they thought I was important, that I was a soul, a lost soul, and they poured and poured into me, and they were just trying to get me ignited. And then when I got ignited, coming to the church, I'm like, Hi. oh, okay, 
Oh, they're busy. Okay. What do I do? I don't know. I'm just by myself. Okay. There's a new guy over there in the corner. He's okay. Um, why, isn't, why aren't they saying hi? Why isn't nobody saying hi to me? What? Hmm. Am I missing something? You know, they were this way in the beginning when I first came to church, but now that's a wall. And we all come to a point, and everybody's wall is different, but we all come to a point in our, wall, our, our walks with God that we, we feel that we're hitting a wall. And I truly believe that that wall is because the first commandment that God ever gave mankind was Genesis 1.28, which was to be fruitful and to multiply. And what happens is when we stop doing that, we hit a wall in our walks with God, right? We can't, why isn't, why, why, why is everybody so happy still, but I don't feel like, you know, I started serving and I felt the energy out. I, I was being fruitful and I was multiplying by telling people about Jesus because I was so excited about him. But when it started becoming about me being fruitful and multiply, stop happening. You know, being fruitful and multiplying is just simply being a productive Christian. It's producing. And you know, when you don't produce, you feel like you have no purpose. And when you don't have any purpose, you, you find yourself in life like trying to figure it out for yourself. You know, remember before you knew Jesus, that's what you did, right? You try to figure out life on your own. And then as a Christian, you're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. And I promise you, I've been there. What happens when you hit that wall is that we start going through the motions of church. We start going through the motions. We come to church. If you're serving, you come in right on time. You do your thing. After service, you make sure that you close up at ever you had to do that day and deuces you go through your week and you just don't really remember the message that happened that Sunday and there's no production you're we're, we're not being fruitful or multiplying and, and we're not producing what also happens when we hit that wall is we become nonchalant about the things of God you know, the worship service is crazy. I mean, we're singing. People are falling out. The Holy Spirit is there. Angels are dancing. Glitters falling out of the sky. Feathers. But you, 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 you sit and you observe. This, will this is what happens when we hit a wall in our walks with God. We become complacent. Meaning we're okay with where we're at. You know, I, I don't, it's okay. I come to church. I'm better than most Christians. I mean, my uncle calls himself a Christian and he's at, what they say, the bedside Baptist church. You know, like he's just hanging out and I, I'm, I'm actually going to church. But you can go to church and not be fruitful. You can go to church and not see a multiplication in your life. It can happen, and I, I know it, because I've been there. 
And what I find is that every Christian in here ends up at some point in their Christian, in their walk with God, saying one of these or two of these or three of these. Okay, the first one is I feel stuck. You know, Pastor Julian, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm just not moving forward in my walk with God, you know, I just. I feel trapped. I feel like, you know, I remember the beginning, it was great. And now I just like feel like I'm not moving forward anymore. And I don't, I don't know what's going on. But, you know, I'm still praying, you know, and still hoping, keeping the hope alive. <laughs> you know, but I'm just stuck. <sighs> Pastor Deanna, I've been serving and serving and serving and serving. This is the second one that people say is I feel burned out and they say I'm serving and serving and I just don't feel it anymore. You know, that, that I just don't feel like I'm being pushed forward. You know, I'm feeling tired. I've been serving too much. I haven't been really receiving the word of God. And so I, I'm just going to step back, you know, and when I get it together, when I get it together, I'll be back. We say this. I, I've said this before. Especially this one. This one we have adopted in, in, our, in, in who we are as Christians. I'm going through a dry season. I'm going through a dry season. I, you know, I just need to, I just need to get back to just the normal things that I used to do. Well, I'm here to destroy these ideas that we have adopted from the world. These are worldly ideas that we have adopted, and it's killing us. It's killing us. And I am not going to, to, to try to defeat this with my own experiences or with what I know or the knowledge, because I don't know enough to help everybody, but I know the word of God. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you where in the word, word of God that these are not the things that are stopping us. These are not the things that are keeping us from being fruitful and multiply. Because contrary to popular belief, we don't get stuck in our walks with God. Because Isaiah 41.10 says this. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I mean, when we say I feel stuck, we are saying that... Uh, Lord, my problem, honestly, is bigger than that victory that you, you won with your victorious right hand, God. That the cross that you died on, I know you did that, but this problem that I'm going through right now, I still feel stuck despite the cross, God. Contrary to popular belief, we can't feel burnt out when we're Christians. It's not real because Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Feeling burnt out comes from carrying the wrong burden. As simple as that, when we're, when we're feeling burnt out, it's because you're worried about the things that don't really matter. They don't deal with eternity. They deal with what's happening right now. 
Because people of this world get burnt out. Going from job to job, trying to find that security, trying to find the, the perfect situation where you don't have to worry about certain things, you know, where they, they were at a job that there's this annoying person there and you feel burnt out when you're dealing with that person. These are worldly issues, y'all. And when we say that, Lord, I give you my life, God, I, I believe that you died on the cross. When we say that, we are saying that when we go through something, we're going to give it to God. We're not going to try to carry loads that don't matter to us anymore. Contrary to popular belief, we don't go through dry seasons. I have a lot of scriptures for this one, but I'm just going to read one. And it's Jeremiah 29, 13. And it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Simple as that. A dry season represents a place where the Lord is not. So if we're seeking God, he says, you will find me. So if you are going through a dry season, that means we're not truly seeking God. And that's an issue. And we have to deal with that. I've had to deal with that. We have adopted these worldly ideas as Christians and used them as an excuse as to what is stopping us from being fruitful and multiplying. Each of these feelings are a lie because they go against the word of God. And when we allow these feelings to halt us in our spiritual walks, it shows a lack of spiritual maturity. And this is what the word says. And I just want you to go ahead and fasten your seatbelts because this truly convicted me. And this is Hebrews 5, 11, 14. This is the message. And I've been really reading into the message. And I really enjoy it because it's helping me to understand concepts of what is being read it's helping me to understand a little more of what God is trying to say because sometimes we get wrapped up into detail and we start losing the true message of the word and the message has really helped me in that area and it says this is what the Lord says about spiritual maturity it says I have a lot more to say about this but it is hard to get it across to you since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening by this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again, starting from square one, baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food long ago. Milk is for beginners. Inexperienced in God's way, solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. Oh my gosh. Help us, Lord. Help us, God. Because feeling stuck, feeling burned out, feeling like we're in a dry season is not the real issue. That is not what is stopping us in our walks with God. And until we, we open our hearts and, and find those immature places in our hearts, until we ask the Lord to search us, those deep details that we think we got it together, until we come to the altar and crack open that heart, we will live under spiritual immaturity, baby's milk, and we'll be wondering why we can't move forward. And it's because we haven't understood the ways of God. And so I am calling this 
the title of, of what I'm speaking on today is what is really stopping us? Because what we just read, those three things is not really what's stopping us from moving forward in our walks with God. And so our first one, I'm going to give you three P's of what is stopping us. The first one is persistence. Many Christians fall short of their true calling because when the going gets tough, we quit. As soon as we face something in our lives, you know, we, we start to, to retreat. We start to go back to those, that, that immature thinking that we used to do when we were not radical for Jesus. In the world, you deal with worldly problems. When you're a Christian, you deal with eternal problems. And so our trials and tribulations are going to look a little different than being burned out and being stuck. They're going to look a little different. The word of God frequently speaks about the trials we will experience as Christians. And before I read this, I want you to get this in your heart that trials and tribulations are not punishment, but it's actually training. And so we're going to read in Hebrews 12, 4 through 11. And this is also the message. And it says, in this all out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you to say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. So when I when I read that, I realize that, you know, Jesus went through the same things I've gone through. He knows all of the the hurts. He knows all the trials that we're experiencing. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. And, and maybe we have the wrong uh, perspective of what discipline is. Maybe, maybe we haven't realized truly what, what discipline from God is because maybe that you don't truly feel stuck. Maybe you're going through a purification. Maybe God is trying to purify you and he wants you to stay in that place, in that hard place until you come to him and he purifies you of all the nastiness. Maybe it's not feeling stuck. Maybe you're not burned out. Maybe it's not that. Maybe, maybe God's changing out old wineskins because he's about to introduce something new to your life and he wants you to persist through it. Maybe you're not going through a dry season. Maybe God is refilling your oil lamp. When you allow these type of ideas in, we are allowing the trial to crush us. I'm going to continue reading on that scripture. And it says, it's it's the child he loves that he disciplines, the child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. Y'all, the word is preaching. I don't really have to do much. I'm just going to continue reading. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you are in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? <laughs> no, Lord, I don't prefer that. 
We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us, so why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? Oh, God. Thank you, God, for your word, God. Thank you, God, for your word. What does a trainer do? A trainer helps you. They encourage you. They push you forward. When you start feeling pain the next morning, do they just lay off and say, I'm just going to wait a few weeks and let them call me whenever they're ready? No, they persist. They keep training you. And, and, and what do you do as a trainee? You, you persist. And it's persistence. And we keep moving off of each other. And we keep moving forward to the goals that the trainer has created for us because the trainer knows more about training than we know. And so we listen to him and we, we listen and we follow him and we persist through the trials, not allowing them to crush us. We have to get up, Christians. We can't be falling on the ground and, and watching people of this world be successful and, and being jealous of them. And we, are, we carry the, Jesus' name. We have to believe that, and we have to move forward in our relationship with God. We cannot allow persistence to stop us. While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them, but God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. But later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for by it's the well-trained who find themselves in their relationship with God. That is the word of God. I'm going to give you these three things before I move to the next point. And no persistence, no fruitfulness. No persistence, no multiplication. No persistence, no spiritual maturity. Because persistence breeds spiritual maturity, and spiritual maturity breeds multiplication. The next point is of what is stopping us is pride. And I'm going I'm to start moving because I'm getting to that time. James 4, 1, 3 says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside of yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? Huh? Would you? Would you? Would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. All right, hold on. You're spoiled children, each one in your own way. I promise I didn't add anything in there. I would have added some more funny things in there. Pride is simply wanting your own way. That is what pride is. And pride is what's stopping us from moving forward and being fruitful and multiplying. Because when you're prideful, you want a victory. You want to win it on your own. And so what you do is you walk in a mindset of victory. I'm going to go here. Okay, I want to win this. I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this. When we should be walking in obedience. Because victory is a focus towards ourselves of how, what can I do to win this victory in my life and my walk with Jesus? What can I do to multiply myself into others? What can I do to find the perfect church? What can I do to figure out where to serve when instead we should be walking in obedience? Liz said instead of 
trying to find where you fit in. Just go. That's obedience. That's walking in obedience. That's a focus on God, allowing him to move. He'll show you where you belong. Just, he just needs you to step. He just needs you to move. And guess what? When you walk in obedience, victory is a byproduct of obedience. Thank you, God. As we concentrate on living an obedient life, we will certainly experience the joy of victory and whatever we're facing in our lives. And I thought about a relay race when I thought about walking in victory. And there's four legs in a relay race. And they pass the, the, the baton. Okay, I was right. Okay. And the baton to me represents our lives. And the first leg is the person that starts. Okay, and depending on how they start is how the rest of the race is going to play out, right? Because first leg starts badly, second leg has to compensate. If they do badly, third leg has to compensate. And then fourth leg is the one that's supposed to win the victory. They're trained. They understand what it takes to win a victory. First leg should not try to win the victory, right? They're not trained to do that. And so to me, the baton represents our lives. And the first leg is considered the starter, and that actually represents the devil. Because the word of God says we were sinful at birth, sinful from the time we were conceived. So that means it was a bad start, pretty bad start. Born into sin, uh, it's not going to go up from there. So the devil passes it off to our family. That's the second leg, our family. And the, the family is supposed to compensate for what the enemy lost, the ground that he, he lost in our lives. And so we, we move on, and, and sometimes our family does that, and sometimes our family doesn't do that, okay? The third leg represents us. The, our family, when they let us go, when they let us off into the world, now it's our turn. It's our turn to go off and do Go to Jesus is what's supposed to happen. But this is the tricky part because now we have an opportunity to choose what we do. You have the opportunity to choose to try to win the race on your own and get off course and, and try to find it yourself and get stuck. And then you're running and running and running. Fourth leg is waiting for you. You're walking. You're running past them. <sighs> I'm burnt out. I don't know what to do. And then you're, you're thirsty. There's no water. There's nothing to drink. And now you find yourself in a dry season. When you as a third leg does not, when you don't know how to give your life to the fourth leg, and I'm sure you're starting to understand what the fourth leg is, because the fourth leg is the one that was meant to be handed your life. The fourth leg knows exactly what is needed to win the race. As a matter of fact, the fourth leg has already won the battle. The battle was run on the cross already. And so we give our lives to Jesus. And Jesus runs the battle. That is walking in obedience. When I know where the fourth leg is, I hand it. But guess what Christians do? We run and we hand it. And we don't let go. And we feel the Lord's tug. We feel it. And this is where you start to feel like you're not producing because it's like one at a time. No, 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 Lord. I know where to go. I know which direct. No, God, no. Watch. Watch me. Watch this. Follow me. Don't we live our lives like that sometimes, Christians? 
we're battling with God and we're not just letting go and it feels weird it feels awkward sometimes go talk to that random dude that is in the corner by themselves listening to their music they're enjoying their time by themselves I don't need to bother them hey how you doing what you're listening to oh cool I what what is that I have no idea what type of music that is Oh, cool. oh, techno, okay. Right. I know some of that, yeah. It's awkward, feels weird, but that person through your life could come to Jesus. Oh my gosh. Look, that person can be a pastor. That person can be an evangelist that reaches thousands of people we have no idea we have to let go and walk in victory pride no more pride no more i'm letting go god today i'm gonna move to our last point and that is prayer what is stopping us from moving forward in our walks with god persistence is stopping us from moving forward in our walk with god pride is is stopping us from moving forward with our walks with god and Sadly, prayer is the last one. And I only say sadly because Christians, we need to know how to do this. What is prayer? And I found this simple formula, and this helps me to understand what prayer is. And prayer is simply commitment plus time plus energy equals relationship. Prayer is relationship. It's a commitment. I'm committed to my wife. I'm not, I'm not going to ever leave her. I'm, I'm tied to her for life. I'm tied to God for life. When you're tied to somebody, you make time for them. When you're tied to somebody, you give them your energy. It doesn't matter what I'm going through in my life. I'm committed to the Father. I will as a follower of Jesus, I will give God my time and I will give God my energy. The word of God says, you shall not have any gods before me. That is commitment. You should make any idols. You should not make any idols as commitment. Without prayer, you will not be able to move forward in your relationship with God. It's your direct line to the father. Prayer opens the doors for us to experience a relationship with with God. Without relationship, there's no anointing. And we're going to need the anointing to to multiply. We need the anointing to multiply. To be used in the way that God wants you to be used. I'm not saying that you, you won't see fruit if you're not anointed to do it. I'm not saying that. But you're not ever going to be used in the way that God wants you to be used. The anointing fuels our God-given ability to multiply. These are things that I've been learning over the last few months, these Wednesday night discipleship. Please be there because the book Multiply that we're, we're reading about is just life-changing. And these are some points that really stuck out to me from that book. What is to anointing? What is that? What is to anoint means to appoint. And so that's why the word says many are called, but few are chosen. The many are called. God wants to anoint everybody, right? He wants everybody to have the anointing, to be able to use their God-given abilities to bring people to Jesus. 
But only few answer that call. Only few come to, the, to God in spirit and truth. Only a few people do this. And we need to be on our knees asking for the anointing. We need the anointing to multiply. What are the results? What are the results when we persist through the trial? What are the results when we, when we decide that I'm not going to allow pride anymore? I'm, not gonna, I'm no longer walking in victory. I'm walking in obedience. What are the results when we, when we commit our time and our energy to God? What are the results? Results are fruitfulness. The results are multiplication. The results are spiritual maturity. We need it. The fruits of the Spirit to come out of our lives onto people. When you're full of love, when you're full of joy, when you're full of peace and patience, God, when you're full of these things and self, when you're full of, of the fruits of the Spirit, this will fall on to others. They will be changed through your life. You're allowing God in. You're allowing him to, to, to multiply yourself into others. Your efforts will be multiplied when you do these things. To finish this up, I'm going to read, I'm going to finish um, Hebrews 6. This is the latter half of that scripture, and it says this. So come on, and this is so encouraging. I know he, he beat us up on those first few, but this is the latter half of it, and he says, so come on. Let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place, turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust towards God. Baptismal instructions, laying on the, of the hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. God helping us will stay true to all of that. But there's so much more. Mm. We don't deserve the so much more, God. That even when the Israelites turned away from you, time and time again, you still blessed them. You still came back for them. God, I feel like today is going to be a call to repentance. And before that, I believe that there may be some people here that may have really enjoyed this, but they feel stuck in their lives because they don't know Jesus. That there may be somebody that here that feels burnt out in their lives because they've been searching for something. The answer is Jesus. Maybe there's somebody in here that is, is feeling like they're in a dry season, job after job after job. Woman after woman, man after man after man, searching for, for love, searching for something to make you feel whole, but 
Only Jesus can make you feel whole. And today you're going to have an opportunity to come to Jesus because he wants you. The plans I have for you, says the Lord, are plans for good. He has a plan for hope in a future for you. Everybody, please stand. And this morning, I'm going to have two calls to the altar, and that's one is going to be for anybody that doesn't know Jesus, for them to come home today because he's been waiting for you. He has, he has so many plans in store for you. He wants to, you to experience multiplication out of your life. When you see multiplication happen in your life, there's nothing like it. Seeing somebody that you brought to church come to the altar, I mean, there's just nothing that compares you don't think about yourself in that moment. All you can think is, thank you, God, for using me. I'm so, like, what? Me? And he wants to do that for you. And he says, all you have to do is come to me this morning. Everybody close your eyes. If that's you, if you, if you want to accept Jesus for the first time in your life, all you have to do is say something to the, to the point of, Lord, I believe in you. I believe in what your word says. And God, I, I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to turn my life to you because I've already tried it every other way. I'm going to turn and I'm going to trust in the cross. I'm going to believe that you died on that cross. And when you died on that cross, cross you washed me clean. And then you rose and defeated death. I turn to you today, God. And I have another call today. And this call is for anybody that just, they just want to turn back to Jesus. Because in a lot of ways, we turned away from God. And maybe you don't even know that about yourselves, but, you know, repentance is daily, right? That's something that we are doing on a daily basis, repenting. And I believe that we need to have a heart like David. And I'm going to read you just a few points in this, in this scripture. When, this is when David committed adultery with Bathsheba in the prayer that he prayed. This is a prayer that I believe some of us really need to pray today. And I'm actually going to read it like a prayer. If you feel drawn to the altar, the altar is open for you to, to experience the Lord today. Generous in love, God give grace. Huge in mercy, Wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt. Soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. 
you're the one I violated and you've seen it all, seen the full extent of my evil. You have all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair, God. I've been out of step with you for a long time in the wrong sense before I was born. What you're after is truth from the inside out. Enter me, God. Conceive a new, true life, God. David goes on to say, soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me in to foot tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes, God. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make me a fresh start. Make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exile. Put a fresh wind in my cells, God. Give me a job teaching rebels your ways so the lost can find their way home, God. Communicate my death sentence, God, my salvation, God, and I'll sing anthems to your life, giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God, and I'll let loose with your praise. God is going to unbutton some of our lips today. That everything that we speak will speak to others and they will come to Jesus through our lives. Persistence in the name of Jesus. God, we release pride in the name of Jesus. And we, rec we recommit our lives to prayer to you, God, to build our relationships with you, Father. Just sing another song Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you Oh, I'm sorry, God When I'm sorry 
When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry. When I forgot that you're not, take me back to where we started. I opened up my heart to you. just preach such truths and as I was listening the Lord was revealing to me the areas that I've been deceived by this and I feel like this is powerful because the enemy comes and deceives us with this very easily and sometimes we don't know we are deceived does that make sense like just sitting and listening I'm like whoa you know what I'm saying I was believing this lie you know I was believing this and I feel like God wants to set us free. But I really want you to, to, to be open to the idea of being deceived. Because some, some of us are so used to the emotions, to what Guam is saying, that we don't even realize that we are far. Because we might be going and doing, but we are far because we don't have that relationship. So I want you to be open to realizing that you are deceived. You know, I, I realized, just listening to this, really opening my heart, I'm like, you know, sometimes the struggle that I feel is because I feel God is asking, like, something that's really hard for me, but I'm not letting go. It doesn't make sense. I'm not trusting to know, yeah, He's going to walk me through that hardship that He's asking me to do more. And that's when, when you feel stuck because God is not going to let go. Doesn't make sense? He's God. So I want us to respond with humbleness to this. To come to the altar and say, Lord, oh, search my heart that I might be deceived, but I don't want to be deceived. So if you, if you want God to really shine His through to every area of your heart, to come and say, I'm exposing myself. I'm exposing myself to truth because I don't want to be deceived. Open my eyes, guys. I don't want to be deceived. If that's you, as we are singing this, I want you to come to the front and expose your heart before the Lord. And the Lord is going to set us free today. He's going to set us free from pride. He's going to set us free from discouragement. He's going to set us free from a lack, a coldness in our relationship with Him. We need to be honest and say, I have no relationship. My relationship is not on fire. So as we continue, I want you to come and be exposed to freedom today. Come on, we're going to go right back into this. But maybe the area of deception 
is that persistence part, the lack of persistence. And I just, I, I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, there are people in the house that that's what they do. They give up. It gets hard and they give up. And today, the Lord's calling you to repentance, to make a commitment. I will never give up. <laughs> I'm going to follow Jesus with my all. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to persist. And maybe you just need to come seek the Lord about that. The, the other one was the deception of pride and just really come into grips. I really just want my way. That's how I live. I just always want my way. And today is the day to just come and say, I lay my way down. I'm laying my way down. I want your way. I surrender to your way. And the other one is maybe, truly, you just need to rekindle your prayer life. So as the worship team just leads us into the presence again through this, this song, you can be there in your seat, but really, truly, maybe you want to just come lay at the altar, get on your knees, or come and lift your hands, or whatever you need to do, but just let's seek the Lord for a few minutes. Let's seek the Lord and allow Him to bring life to this Word. And nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do, because I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do, cause I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do, cause I just want you, nothing else. God is saying, as my kingdom expands, I want you to appear more and more broken to me. He says, come to me more broken. Every day we should be coming to the Lord broken. That coming to the Lord broken may not look so normal. It may look a little different. It may look like putting your hands up when you don't ever do that. 
if that feels uncomfortable for you, it, it, it feels a little different than normal. And I feel like God is saying, I need you broken for the place that I have for you. I need you broken to be able to be used in the places that I want you to be used. That if you do it your way, you might reach a few. But if you do it my way, you will reach thousands. They will come to Jesus. When you go to heaven, he'll look, he'll show you all of the people that came to Jesus because you came to him broken. God, we don't come to you with our agendas, God. We lay it at your feet, God. We lay it at your feet, God, knowing that you are the victor, God. That you're the only one that can win it for us, God. You're the only one that can win those souls for us, God. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.